Hello everyone, this is Jerome. I serve as a community pastor here at First Christian Church. Welcome to our brand new podcast. I'm so glad that we get to serve you today through this message. God bless you. Let's get into the word. Good morning. Good morning, Facebook live streamers. Good morning, FCC chair sitter dwellers. You're sitting in the chairs and you're dwelling in them. Uh, Happy Sunday. Is everybody excited this morning? You guys are overwhelming me with your excitement. Please tone it down just a little bit. All right. So somebody, some of y'all may be like, wait, what's what's the bald-headed dude doing in the suit? What's happening? This is a little different, huh? Yeah, it is. Um, It's interesting. There's some churches in in this beautiful country that we call America that if I went there in a suit, they'd just be like, hey, how you doing? But with, at, here at home, y'all are like, what's up? What you doing? What you got on? So, um, but you, it'll, it'll make sense in just, in just a moment. So if um, we can just honor the Father with a quick word of prayer. I know Nicole already prayed, but I just want to honor the Father and uh, let's pray. Father, show us how to be like Jesus. Amen. All right, cool. <laughs> um, so I want to tell y'all a little bit of story. I, I shared this some months ago. Uh, we actually started like Jesus last year, and then uh, then COVID happened, and so and then a whole lot of other stuff happened. And because we are a church that is is relevant, because God is relevant, His Word is relevant, uh, we just follow suit. So many of you know, if you heard this story before, you may not know, um, when, I, when I was born, uh, my mother and my father were never married, okay? Throughout my whole life, they were never married, um, and I actually only seen them in the same room twice in my whole entire life. Um, so my mother lived in Washington, D.C. on the east coast of the country, and my father, he lived in California on the west coast of the country. I was born in Akron, Ohio. That's why I'm an Ohio State fan. Don't say anything negative, okay? (laughs) All right, we'll be back next year. Okay, let's just get that all out the way. (sighs) Ah, woosah, right? So East Coast to West Coast, uh, when I lived with my mother, I was the only child. And when I lived with my father and his family, I was part of a a group, right? A family with siblings and and all that. And so I became comfortable in a group setting, and I, I was comfortable in a, in a setting where it was just me. A lot of times I, my mother would have to work and I'd be at home by myself, so I, I was comfortable in either setting. I was the same Jerome, but I was comfortable in a group, and I was comfortable by myself. Um, <clears throat> and so that, that experience shaped and molded my life, and then, uh, you know, fast forward throughout my life, I experienced life just like all of you have, and one of those experiences uh, was divorce. And after that divorce experience, I was really down on myself. I was really in a dark place, and I remember uh, praying. And one of the one of the prayers that I prayed, and I, I just asking God, I was I, my specific prayer was, Father, when people see me, allow them to see you. Father, when people see me, allow them to see you. Because I was, I was just broken. I was just like, man, this is, you know, I'm a loser. I'm a failure. I couldn't make marriage work. Like, 
you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I shouldn't be serving in ministry or, or anything like that. And uh, so I just, just try to put all that aside. Father, when people see me, allow them to see you. So fast forward a little bit more um, for coming here to FCC. And Chuck alluded to this last week. I had the privilege and opportunity to meet a man named Charlie. Uh, and Charlie is, is a man that has been experiencing homelessness for probably about 10 to 12 years, okay? Uh, and every Monday we go up here on 10th Ave and Hatcher and we just share love, we share hugs, cries, we share the word of God, um, and we just do life with those people uh, up there on 10th Avenue and Hatcher. And, and Chuck had been doing that for quite a while. So uh, upon my joining the FCC team, about three and a half years ago, I started going up there and I, I created this, this bond uh, with Charlie. And so we would talk and, you know, uh, sometimes he would be, he'd be asleep and, you know, other times he'd have a lot to say. But every time we interacted, um, the, the Spirit of God always showed up, always. And Charlie would just cry and weep and he, he, he knew Jesus, right? And you could just... I, could, I just literally would see the, his spirit just, just bubbling up, and he would say stuff like, you know, God is good, and he's faithful, and, and he loves me. And I would just be like, yeah, man, he does. And we, like, literally be on the ground with, you know, blankets, and, you know, other people got dogs, and it just be just chaos going on around us. But in those moments, the Spirit of God would show up. And so Charlie and I just, we created a bond. We created a friendship. Uh, we've had him over to the house a few times for dinner, and um, that's my guy. That's, that's Charlie. And uh, so after Thanksgiving this past year, 2020, uh, Charlie comes to me and he says, you know what, man, I really need to do something different. I need to change my life. I need to do something different. I can't keep doing the same things that I've been doing, and I'm going to go to rehab. I was like, What? Now, mind you, I have been going up there for three years, right? Three years, just throwing the word, just loving on Charlie. No, no real agenda, you know what I mean? But just being available, just being available, being ready for that statement that he made that I'm ready for a change. And man, when he told me that, I was like, it was like the Kool-Aid man showed up. I was just smiling ear to ear. I was so, I was so excited, right? And uh, so... I'm like, all right, well, let's, let's do this, man. And so he was like, well, I just need some time to, you know, get my affairs in order. And I'm like, oh, man, like, no, I don't want you to vacillate. I don't want you to go back and forth. And so um, around Christmas time, he's like, all right, I need to do it. And long story medium, uh, I, was, <laughs> I, was able to, I was able to get Charlie to rehab. And he's like, I don't have a way to get there. I'm like, man, you got me. I can... Just come on, get in the truck. You've been in my truck so many times. Like, let's go. We went. Uh, they, that first night, they didn't have a bed for him, so we had, I had to take him back. And I'm like, oh, man, like, I don't want him to, like, he's, he's really, like, dead set on going, and I don't want something to happen and being in that, that environment, and he changed his mind or whatever the case. And so I'm just praying. And so that next morning, I went back. He, he was exactly where he said he would be, exactly at the time he said he would be. And we went and dropped him off. And uh, gave him a hug, got him all signed up and everything like that. And I'm just, I'm just so elated because I'm, all I can see is Charlie's life being 
elevated, Charlie's life being on a new trajectory. And I'm just, ah, I'm so excited. Mind you, this was on Christmas Eve. Now, let me tell y'all something. Y'all probably already know this, but I'm excited, so I just want to tell you. If you follow God, if you give God your yes, he will bless you in ways that you cannot imagine. Um, I will never forget Christmas 2020 because Charlie went to rehab. Now, mind you, Charlie, he's, he's, he's a friend. He's a brother, right? He don't look nothing like me. He's in his 60s. He's white, and he got hair. He don't look nothing like me. (laughs) But he looks like God's creation. He looks like somebody that Jesus died for. And so I get Charlie all signed up, and he, you know, uh, he's waiting to go to the to the next step. And so I go out to the truck, and I'm just walking, walking to the truck, and I'm just like, man, this is so exciting. I'm just smiling ear to ear. I can't wait to get home and tell Marisa. yeah, I get in the truck and just, ah, just started crying because I was just so overcome with joy, so overcome that, that the seeds, watch, this is not about Jerome, that the seeds that we sowed here as a body of believers, as FCC, the Wednesday night prayers, your gifts, your tithes, your offerings, all of those things, your, your, your service days, all of those things culminate into Charlie moments, into moments where we go and we, say, and we don't see any results for years. But we keep going because we know it's the right thing to do. We keep going because we got an example in Jesus Christ. He kept going. You are all part of those Charlie moments. So I had a Charlie moment on December the 24th, 2020. Charlie checked into rehab, and it was amazing. And then this, this past week, I get a letter in my mailbox here at the office. Guess who it's from? Charlie. Another Charlie moment. And I'm sitting at my desk, and I'm reading this letter, and I'm crying because Chuck has infected me with the waterhead disease and they'll just cry. <laughs> Chuck, wait, hold on. Okay, time out. Chuck cry about everything. <laughs> You'd be like, I got a new puppy for Christmas and it's brown. Oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> I'm just messing with it. But it's actually true. Okay, so, so I get this letter from Charlie and I'm not going to, I'm not going to read the whole letter because I, I won't be able to get through it. But part of his letter says that he, he says, I love you. You're my, not just my friend, but my brother. You're my connection. He calls him the man upstairs. You're my spiritual brother. And he said, promise me that you'll never forget our bond, that our bond will never go away. Oh, man. You know how messed up I was sitting at my desk reading that? But it made me think. It made me think of my prayer. Father, When people see me, let them see you. And God reminded me when I was reading Charlie's letter, he said, Jerome, this is one of those moments. All the times that you guys were going up there, up on 10th Ave and Hatcher, and you were sharing the word, and you were sharing hugs and cries, and whatever you were doing, you were just loving on those people because that's the right thing to do. They weren't seeing you. Charlie was seeing me. 
Because of your obedience, he was getting glimpses every Monday morning at about 9.45 of me. And then I just start crying some more because I'm telling you, God is so, so faithful. He reminded me of my prayer and he said, I'm answering your prayer. That when people see you, they see me. Oh, man, that's good stuff. And so that leads us to what we want to talk about today in being like Jesus. I want that to be our mantra, that when people see us, that they see Jesus. You see me in this suit, right? Like, oh, man, you look nice. And I appreciate the compliments. I really do. Thank you. Like, you, 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 you clean up nice, man. You, my, my great-grandmother used to say this. Now, track with me. This is my great-grandmother. She's from the South. She was an interesting lady. She would say this. I would, when I, she would dress me up in suits when I was little. And she said, boy, you sharp. She said, you, you sharp as a rat's tail going through a crack. <laughs> okay, Nana. I guess that's good. <laughs> right? Y'all can use that if you want to. But I got this suit on, and I look good on the outside. But the outside only tells a part of the story. The Bible teaches us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So we got to be able to build relationship with people to find out what's on the inside of them. I look, I look okay on the outside, but what really matters is what's on the inside. And we get this example from Jesus who came to earth wrapped in flesh, God himself wrapped in flesh. He was, he was a human on the outside, but if you looked at his life and you studied his ministry and you tracked the words and the things that he said, you would know that you were in the presence of Almighty God. I wonder if our lives could look like that. Jesus looked like a human on the outside, but on the inside, oh man, that's God wrapped in flesh. Man, what if people said that about our lives? What if, what if people said that about our church? They're like, oh yeah, it's a nice Frank Lloyd Wright building, but man, on the inside, the presence of God, it's amazing. Let's turn in our Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, let's see what the Word of God has to say about Jesus being fully God and fully man. See, there's a duality that we all have. I had that duality when I was going from, from East Coast to West Coast. I was still Jerome, but I was one Jerome when I was by myself, and I was another Jerome when I was in a, in a group of people amongst my family. All of us have that duality. You may be a teacher or a firefighter or, or whatever your occupation is. But when we start talking to you, when we start interacting with you, when we start seeing the actions of your life, what's coming out from the inside, we should start seeing reflections of Jesus. Watch this. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it says, In your relationships with one another. Wow, what a phrase. In your relationships with one another, have the mindset as Jesus Christ. The same mindset as Jesus Christ. In other words, the same way that Jesus thinks, the same mindset that he has, have that mindset in your relationships. Now, I want you to do something a little bit metaphoric for me. 
take that first sentence, just take it, put it in your hand, put it in your pocket. We're going to come back to that. All right? Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by the taking on the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That the name, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue shall acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow. Jesus was found in appearance as a man. He took on flesh. He had that duality. He was, he was fully God, but he wrapped himself in flesh and came and dwelt amongst us as the gospel of John teaches us. But I want to go back to the first statement. In your relationships, let this mind be in you, this mindset be in you that was also in Christ. In your relationships. Now, it doesn't specify which relationships. It doesn't say in your relationship with your dad or with your mom or your relationship with your cousins or your relationship with your coworkers. It's just, it's an all-inclusive. Anybody ever been on an all-inclusive vacation? No? Somebody in the back. So you should try it. You get a band, and when you're on vacation, everything included. It's nice until they find out that you got the wrong band, and then they cut your band off, and then you got to go to Wendy's for dinner because you can't afford. Okay, don't ask me how I know. Anyway, uh, so in your relationships, in all of your relationships, have this same way of thinking, the same way that Jesus thinks. If we, as, as a body of believers, if we as Jesus followers would adhere to just that, one, that first sentence, in, in, in verse 5, our world would look so much different. It would look way different. In your relationships, have this same mindset that Jesus Christ had. In other words, when I, in, in the midst of my relationships, I should be looking at you through the lens of Jesus Christ. That would change the game. No, it really would. So, for instance, you know who I am, right? You know where I work, right? I know a little bit about you, D. You know, he, he's, he's an amazing story. Y'all get a chance. Y'all listen to Darren's story. But so, so I know who you are. You know who I am. You know where I work. I know a little bit about your story. You know a little bit about my story. But so we have a level of relationship, safe to say, right? Now, now our relationship, now I'm, I'm helping you here. So just accept it. Now, our, our relationship hasn't risen to the point of us going to, uh, Maestro's or Steak 44 for, for a steak dinner, but it, it could, you know what I mean? Like, our, our relationship hasn't risen to that point, but, but we still have relationships. So the Bible instructs me that in, the, in all of my relationships, I'm supposed to see Darren the way that Jesus sees him. I'm supposed to think about him the way that Jesus thinks about him. In your relationships, have this mindset, this way of thinking. Well, what about the people that we don't have a relationship with? You got a relationship with, with everybody. How you doing? I'm not going to embarrass you. Don't be, don't be nervous. Now, I've never seen you before, right? 
But the level of our relationship is that we were in the same church at the same time on the same Sunday. Amen? She nodded her head. So there's, there's a level. It's not, it's not I'm, we're not as close as me and my cousin from Ohio, but we have a level of relationship. So in my relationship, my relationship with her right now is, is pastor speaking to a parishioner. That's relationship. So in my relationship, I'm supposed to have the same mindset towards her that Jesus Christ does. In your relationships, we have a president. You may not know the president, but there's a relationship that exists between you and him. In your relationships, have this same mindset that Jesus Christ has. There's people that, that vote differently than you. You may not know them, but you have a relationship with them because even if you don't know who they are, Jesus tells us that we are supposed to go ye therefore and make, make disciples of all nations. So my relationship, even with people that I don't know, is to be a disciple maker. That's the level of my relationship. So in my relationship, I have to have this same mindset to see them the way that Jesus does. Man, it's hard to fight against somebody when you see in them like Jesus does. Because when Jesus saw you and me, he didn't see the suit that Jerome has. He didn't say, oh, wow, look, Jerome has on the suit. I think I'll die for him. Oh, Darren just has on a t-shirt. Yeah, I'm going to save this crucifixion for Jerome only. <laughs> no, no, no. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus don't do that. So if we're going to be real disciples, real, real uh, replications and representations of who Jesus is, having this same mindset in our relationships, then we might have to tweak some things. Because Jesus... When he, he knew that he had come to die on our behalf, he, he knew what his assignment was. He knew that he would, have to be, he would have to be made sin on our behalf. Him who knew no sin became sin for us, all of us. Whether you got pretty hair or you got flowing locks like me, he died for you. In your relationships, have this same Mindset. Wow. I know you got some members in your family that, woo-wee. Man, if we could verbalize some of the thoughts that you had about some of the members in your family, they wouldn't even be able to rate that movie. Maybe you need to do some tweaking. Some tweaking. Maybe you need to do some changing. Maybe you need to make some adjustments in your relationships. Have this same mindset. I want to see them like Jesus. And I take it a step further. Not only do we want to see them like Jesus sees them, but we also want to see them like as if though they were Jesus. <gasps> no, he didn't say that. I know he ain't trying to compare my auntie to Jesus. He don't even know what my auntie said about my mama. Uh-uh. Well, the Bible teaches us. The story goes, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but Jesus says, when I was hungry, you gave me water to drink. When I was, when I, when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was water, you gave me, uh, when I was thirsty, you gave me water. When I was in prison, you came and saw about me, right? 
And, and he said, he, he's thanking his disciples for doing that. And they're like, well, when did we do that? Jesus says, when you, you did that, when you did it to the least of these, you were doing it unto me. So when you went and seen the prisoner, when you went and laid hands, when you went and prayed for the sick, when you went and took care of those people that were underserved and underprivileged, you weren't just doing it for them, you were doing that to me. And when you, when you neglect those individuals, then you were also neglecting me. So, so the, the, what I should, should be taking away from that is I should see people the way that Jesus does, according to Philippians 2, but I should also see people as Jesus. I should treat people the way that I would treat Jesus. Wow. See, this Jesus following stuff, it, it sounds good. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm a Jesus follower. I go to church. I give my tithes and offerings. We sing some great and amazing worship songs. And, oh, Jesus is so good. Praise hallelujah. I'll see you next Sunday. Yeah. Man, Jesus following is a whole lot more than that. Right? Like, I'm, 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 I told y'all before, like, I was a drug baby, right? Like, my great-grandmother, she drugged me to church. Like, I, I, so I love church. <laughs> you understand? So I, was, so, so I love church, and this is great. We need this, but we need this and then some. See, the stuff that we're talking about today and the stuff that you'll talk about in your connection groups and then the stuff that you'll act out, the stuff that you'll walk out throughout the week, that is what it takes to be a Jesus follower. As Jesus followers, we should be, our lives should be full of Charlie moments. What's a Charlie moment? A Charlie moment is when you've connected with somebody, you're doing life with somebody that, that has zero to do with your life. They can't benefit your life at all. You just see them as the creation of God that, and you know that they need Jesus at a greater measure and you've just given the Father your yes to do life with that person. And then after three years, they have a breakthrough because of your yes. And then you get a letter. That's another Charlie moment. And then you get to celebrate with your body of believers because you understand that it's not because of you, but it's a collective effort that enabled this man to go from where he was literally sleeping on the street to having a clear space in his mind to say, you know what? I need a change. Could it be because when he saw me, he saw Jesus. What about the people on your job? Do they need to have, are, are they worthy of Charlie moments? Like when they see you, are they seeing Jesus or are they seeing somebody that's complaining that the hours got cut? Are they seeing somebody that's, that's talking down about the boss? Are they seeing somebody who they know is married but has extramarital affairs in the break room? Who are they seeing? Are you tainting this picture of Jesus? that people are supposed to be seeing? Are you getting in the way? Are you photobombing Jesus Christ? Man, that just came to me. We, a lot of us are photobombing Jesus. Because I'm a Jesus follower, and he wants to make himself shown and, and known and revealed through my life, but I keep getting in the way. Oh my God. How do we get in the way? We get in the way when you give God something less than your yes. 
when in your relationships you don't see people the way that Jesus does. So real quick, I want you to turn in your Bibles to uh, uh, 1 John, 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. <clears throat> turn in your Bibles or on your tablets, your scrolls, or if you got it tattooed somewhere, find it. All right. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, it says this, Love has been perfected amongst us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, he being Jesus, so are we in this world. I'm supposed, in my relationships, I should see people the way that Jesus does, and then 1 John tells me that as he is, so am I in this world. I should be doing the same things that Jesus does. Now, flip real quick to the Gospel of John, which is after the book of Luke, John chapter 14, verse 12. <clears throat> and Jesus says this, he says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, Jesus follower, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. So as a Jesus follower, we should be doing the things that Jesus did. We should be having the thoughts that Jesus had. We should be looking at people the way that Jesus did. We should be interacting with people the way that Jesus did. Now, I can hear some of you thinking right now, well, I don't know if I can do everything Jesus did because he did miracles. He laid hands on the sick and he, he laid hands on blind people and he laid hands on people that couldn't walk and then they got up and started walking. I can't do that. I don't even know algebra that good. Like, how am I going to do that? Well, do you believe Jesus or not? He said, if you believe in me, that you will do the same things that I did and greater works than these shall you do. Now, part of that greater works is this, is that because we, most of us, by and large, we have more time on earth than Jesus did. So the greater is quantity. So, so the amount of, of influence that we should have in the lives of people should be greater than what Jesus did when he walked the earth just by way of the fact that we have more time, greater works, more works. But he didn't just leave it at that. He said, these things that I do shall you also do. So there's an expectation for when, the, when you lay hands on the sick because you're a Jesus follower that when Jesus did it, they got healed. When you do it, they should also get healed. Or else, why would he call us disciples? If disciple means uh, a student or one who imitates or one who duplicates or one who represents or presents over again, why would he call us that if we weren't supposed to be doing the exact things that he did? Why would 1 John tell us, as he is, so are we in this world? Hmm. Inquiring minds want to know. Now, now there's four, now there's more than these tools, but... There's four specific tools for doing greater works. Four specific tools. Now, right here, this, this is my tool bag, okay? Now, in these tools, this is just a metaphor. There's not really tools in here. It's just mostly books and a laptop, okay? So, track with me. Four tools for doing greater works. You're asking me. I can hear it in your thought bubble. You're saying, Jerome, okay, how do I do greater works, bro? How am I supposed to do it? So glad you asked. I'm going to give you four bullets on how to do greater works. Number one is Holy Spirit. You have to have a relationship with Holy Spirit. Absolutely critical. 
The Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as our teacher, as our guide. He will lead us and teach us in all things. You have to have a relationship with Holy Spirit if you're going to do greater works, if you're going to be an effective disciple maker, if you're going to be an effective Jesus follower. Number two is prayer. You have to spend time in prayer. A simple definition for prayer is communicating with God. Now, Jesus was God wrapped in flesh, but he spent an enormous amount of time in prayer. There were several instances throughout the Gospels where Jesus prayed all night. And this also lends to the fact that he was both God and man. He prayed all night. Who was he praying? He was praying to the Father. So if Jesus had to pray to be effective in his assignment, what makes you think that you can just get by with just praying over your food and saying, oh, yes, thank you, Lord, God bless him. And that's going to be enough. If you don't have a prayer life, you are going to struggle to be an effective disciple maker. You're going to struggle being an effective Jesus follower if you don't spend time in prayer. Number three, time in reading and studying the Word. Now, these 29 minutes and 11 seconds that I'm going to be talking to you right now, that's not enough. You need more time in the Word than that. Amen. Right on. That's what's up. You definitely need more time than that. You have to, the Bible tells us to study to show ourselves approved, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You got to get into this word. The Old Testament says, meditate on, his, on the word day and night. I'm reading it. I'm, I'm ingesting it. I'm, I'm regurgitating it. Like a, the, the, literally, the word picture for meditate is to, to chew cud like a cow does. Chews it, spits it up, swallows it again. That's why they got four stomachs. Chews it, spits it up, swallows it again. Like that's what you should be doing with the word. Amen. That means you got to crack this, this Bible. Look, you got to crack it open. Some of y'all, well, I ain't going to meddle. <laughs> of course I'm going to meddle. Some of y'all, y'all start flipping through and the dust start flying out. Like, your Bible be like, "Woo! I'm so glad you opened me. It's been so long. <laughs> See, here's, here's, here, here, here's another thing I want to show you. Like, it's nice to look nice. You know, you got a little, you know, a little tie, like, ooh, yeah, this is nice. Yes. My fellow Americans. You know what I'm saying? I feel presidential. Like, right? Okay. But when it comes to the powers of darkness, they're not going to look at your suit or your pretty dress and be like, oh, she looks amazing. We won't mess with her. Oh, she looks exquisite. We won't, we won't visit her house with any struggle or disease or financial problems. You think how you look is going to cause the, the powers of darkness to skip over your life? Absolutely not. So you got to spend time in, in the Word. Jesus, when he was being tempted in the desert, he responded with the Word. Amen. So you can't respond with the Word if the Word ain't in there. To use my goodest, bestest English. If it ain't in there, it can't come out. When, Je when, when Satan was tempting Jesus and he took him on, on the high mountain and said, throw, if you're the son of God, throw yourself off. You know, Jesus didn't say, <laughs> They just keep on messing with me. 
every time I try to do something, he just keeps bothering me. I'm so tired of Satan messing with me. I've been fasting. I'm so hungry and tired. What am I going to do? Oh, my God. He didn't do that. He said, for it is written, thou shalt not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. He responded with the word. He's our blueprint and our example. So when trying times come, when temptation comes, when the forces of darkness knock on your life's door, and they will, you have to respond with the word. This is one of your tools to doing greater work. Do you think COVID-19 is stronger than the word of God? Do you think do you think pneumonia is more powerful than the healing plan that we got on Calvary's cross? Like, are you serious right now? I serve the almighty God. He literally spoke everything that you see into existence in six days. Do you think he wasn't ready for this? Do you think he wasn't ready for insurrection and racism and all the stuff that we see in our world? I'm at total peace because God got this. I ain't tripping. I'm responding with the word. Yeah, I see people acting the fool. I see people hating on other people. I see people, you know what I mean, uh, 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 wrestling against flesh and blood, which they know they should not. I see it. So what's my responsibility? Do what the word says. Go find me another Charlie and love on them until they get to where God wants them to be. I see the, I see the stuff happening. I see the racism. I see uh, the, 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 the lies that are perpetuated by people, by media. Like, look, this world is full of sin, so it's not a surprise. I see it. But guess what? God has given us some instructions. He said, in your relationships, in all of your relationships, somebody said it, in all of your relationships, Come on, say it like you mean it. In all of your relationships, you got to have this mindset. So my mind is set. It's a mindset because it's a set mind, which means no matter what's happening, no matter what the circumstances are, my mind towards the word of God does not change. It don't change. I'm going to be like Jesus come hell or high water. Now, I might not always get it right, but I'm going to keep swinging. Ah, amen, amen. Number four, tools for doing greater works, community. You got to be around some people that's going to hold you accountable. You got to be around some people that, that are studying to show themselves approved, uh, workmen that needs not to be ashamed, some people that's diving into the Word, some people that's spending time in prayer, some people that can, can sharpen your iron and you sharpen their iron. There's, there's strength and power in community, and part of doing greater works is because I don't have to do it by myself. My Charlie, my Charlie moment, my Charlie story is not about Jerome. That didn't happen just because of me. That ain't about me. That's, that's, a, that's a team effort. That's a total team effort. That's an that's a FCC win. Got to have community. God created what we see now in community. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning. Then when he, when, he, when he created man, he said, let us make man in our image. It was community. It was God the Father, God the Son, God Holy Spirit. 
Everything that we see, everything that we do is, is steeped in community. If we're going to do greater works, it has to be done in community. I want to be like Jesus. When people see me, I want them to see Jesus Christ. It's not about me. It's not about my talents or my gifts or my ability. It's about pointing them to Jesus Christ. In your relationships. Man, I wish we could just get that just just one good time. In our relationships, let this mindset be in you. This is what I want to challenge you all to do. When you see people, like when you see me, if you see me out on the street, you'd be like, oh, you would have some preconceived idea. Like he's got on the suit this Sunday, maybe he went to church. He got on the suit, maybe he's a business person, maybe he's an insurance salesman or whatever. Like there's something that triggers, that triggers in your mind when you see a person from the outside. And that's, that's innate within everybody. Your eyes work. They, tell, they give you information. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. What I want to challenge you to do is see beyond what you see physically and see what Jesus would see. Why is it that Jesus knew all the stuff that we would do, all the shortcomings that we would have, all the, all the negative things that we would say? Why is it that he knew those things but yet and still, he came to give his life on our behalf. What did he see? What did he know? What was his mindset? I want to have that same mindset. Here's the big idea. Jesus was man the way that man, the way that God intended man to be. And Jesus did that to show us how, show us how to do life. And he did it to show us that we can do it too. In our relationships, let this mindset be in you that was also in Christ Jesus.